Welcome to another episode of Running Greenleaf, where we go through the nitty gritty of operating real estate. Today we have just a general update on what we're seeing in the market here in the Southeast for the month of December. It's been kind of crazy. You think things normally slow down towards the end of the year, but for us, it's really just uh, sped up quite a bit. So we're seeing a lot of activity on the leasing front. We're seeing a lot of deal activity. So things are seem like they're trending towards positive, and we're going to dig into kind of what we're seeing and where things are headed. So I think today is going to be a really fun topic because we're talking about something today that's relevant to all of us, which is housing. And yeah. housing is relevant to us as adults. It's relevant to seniors as you know, people are reaching the end of their careers. And it's also relevant to a lot of 20-year-olds because 20-year-olds probably have the most difficult time right now in, uh, finding housing. And we could talk yeah. about why, but uh, I would not want to be a 20-year-old right now. <laughs> well, yeah. 20 is different, yeah. Well, but. 20 for... Let's just talk about housing. There's 20 in general. <laughs> there's 20 in general, and yeah, there's 20 and there's in housing. 20 being in housing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, we've touched on it some, too, just uh, when we're looking at the market and what we're seeing right now, the end of the year is typically when we get all of our... We have all of our insurance renewals in. We have all of our new tax rates for the year, so we know what's coming out. So a lot of that stuff has hit now in the fourth quarter, so we know where we stand. And I don't think it's a surprise that everything went up. Right, so... Everything tax, went up. Everything. So, and t- t- you've told me this over the years, but taxes and insurance are always going to be the number one expense of an apartment complex. Yeah, uh, that's... It's right now, and, it's in between three and four months of cost is taxes and insurance. And... and also, it's completely out of your control. You have no control over trying to reduce no. insurance or reduce taxes. And you know, you're, you, it's either going to kill the apartment profitability, raise rents, but th- I mean, there's no yeah. way to actually absorb right, right now, right now, it's just raising rents. You know, this is going to drive into 2024. We're going through our budgeting process. And what we saw, for example, on insurance, our insurance rates are up about... $250 a unit a year on the residential side. So, you know, even numbers, you know, it's going to cost roughly another 20 bucks a month in rent just to maintain profitability across the yeah. board. Those are the numbers that we're seeing. So you just said $250 increase per unit per year. Per unit per I, year I on insurance. I used to model $250 per unit per year for of insurance. Cost. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, yeah, no, now it's, you know, it's been growing significantly. There's been all sorts of stuff in the news too, yeah. just about insurance rates in California, carriers moving out of California, moving out of Florida, Georgia yeah. insurance rates are, are on the rise. You know, I have a duplex left over in, in, in Florida and I actually had to go without insurance for a couple of months because I could not find insurance. The insurance company actually refused to insure me because my roof was old and my water heater was old. So I had to spend $17,000 to actually get an insurance policy on this little duplex in Florida and I had yep. no choice. Like literally, the, if there was a hurricane, Gone. My, gone. No insurance, yeah. nothing. So we see, we look at this from the standpoint of the market of like what's driving market rents. I mean, there's a supply and demand component of everything if you look at pricing. But there's a lot of factors right now that we see in our operations that are pushing higher rental rates. It's insurance costs rising. It's taxes on property taxes that are rising. And these are going to be trickle through costs that are, are factors that are going to drive rental rates uh, upwards. And nationally, rental rates have kind of flattened at the end of 2023. So there haven't been big increases like there were in 2020 or 2021. But even 2024, you know, with taxes and insurance going up so much, it's going gonna, it's gonna to push rental rates up again, uh, which 
you know, I don't think it's going to go, I don't think they'll be as easily accepted as they were, you know, two, three years I mean, ago. No one's really enthusiastic about a rental increase, but a lot of times you're in workforce housing and these rental increases can't necessarily be absorbed very easy. So they're not necessarily received well, yeah. not necessarily because, okay, someone just doesn't like their rent being absorbed, but if you're already living in a, in a, in a workforce housing environment and you can't afford to pay for something and then you get a $200 increase in your rent, something has to give. And so there's resistance just because no one likes it. And then there's resistance because people just don't know what to do. If, you're, if we had to pass along that $250 increase in insurance to, uh, to, uh, to a tenant uh, directly and they could not absorb it, I mean, what, what happens? Yeah. yeah, that's where we start seeing higher turnover, right? You're raising costs and stuff where you're going to have higher turnover and it's not, it's not what any community wants to see. And part of the new development stuff that's going on. I mean, there's been a lot of new development, but none of it has really been geared towards affordable housing. Here's an it's not there. Here's an interesting question. When's the last time you saw like a, a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot workforce housing community built? Yeah, I, none, <laughs> right? Every, everything on new construction has been either single-family homes, which, which okay, yeah. that, that, and that's good. And um, Peach Street Corner is just down the street. They're building, what, $400,000 townhomes? Yeah, it's not are... really starter homes. And we think about the, not only the price that you're paying, but the, the size. So an, an average apartment from like 1970s to now, they just keep getting smaller. And some of the new recent stuff we were looking up just costs here in Atlanta. And Atlanta's still affordable. Yeah, you looked right? up we the looked... statistics before, but like yeah. you said in 1970, the average house was 1,600 and about 1,600 square feet. Yeah, on size. So we went from like 1,600 square feet in the 70s to 2,500 square feet now for a single family House. That's a pretty big jump. So yes, they're more. They're obviously more expensive. Home prices have, you know, we can go to that a little bit, but like home prices have obviously gone up. But on the apartment side, the size of apartments, even in the past ten years, has gone down about ten percent. And some of the deals that you know we're always looking at rental comps and seeing what's happening in, in the in the south and the numbers when you start hitting like one dollar a square foot, two dollars a square foot, three dollars a square foot, they start creeping up. It's a lot easier when you have smaller apartments. Yeah. So, so there's some fancy apartments being built in South or I guess Midtown, downtown Buckhead area. And we were looking at some of this data earlier, but like 600 square foot apartments renting for $2,000 a month. And uh, it, it, there's 500 square yeah, foot apartments e for $1,500 a yeah, month. You're easily into that $3 per square foot and rent is, territory. And, and that, that, is, that is very high for the Southeast. We don't have anything that's in that price range. That's not exactly where we want to uh, compete or where we want to be. Well, here's my favorite one, too. My favorite one is this place called, uh, am I allowed to say the, the apartment name? Or I should... Well, yeah, they're, they're all, they, can, public... they can go look at apartments.com yeah, and you can see everything that's out there. It has all the prices. So none of them are a secret. Emory Point, which I'm assuming is near Emory, someplace in, in Atlanta, of course, 400 square feet, 400 square feet, yeah. uh, $1,100 a month. And we were talking about this before. Four, uh, it's, yeah, that's 400 like square a... foot is a two-car garage. Yeah, it's pretty small. A two car, so it's a it's a it's a, a living room, a kitchen, a that's everything packed in there. So and that's it. You you look at these places that are you know sizes have gone down a lot. So you're kind of your your size that you're getting and the price is going down. Um, we're on the single family side. You're getting more and more room, but there's not to get affordable. You have to make something so small and e arguably that like fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a month isn't necessarily affordable. So you have, you, we just look at that and, and we're going to the market saying there's a lot of pressure on rents to be higher. Uh, but then there's the flip side of it. So if 
rents are going higher, well, then they can just, some people talk about, well, if rent gets high enough, then you just buy a house, right? That's the transition yeah. because a house becomes the same price as an apartment, but that's yes. not happening. No, that home prices are still, I would say, out of reach for right. average person. So a Georgia Tech graduate, when a Georgia Tech graduate graduates, what do they make when they get out of college right, right now? It's the 23-year-old, I'm guessing, like my yeah, nephew. You, you've got a t- top kids out of school, if they're earning you know, high double digits, they're probably doing really well. 80, that, 90 grand a year, yeah. so you graduate? I don't know, that's Tech. getting a... That's not getting a home, though. That's well, the problem. Well, 80, 90 grand a year, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. Are you, for a 23-year-old, I would say 80 or 90 grand a year is a lot of money. No? or Yes, no. Okay, that's, that's, so, you know, if, if there's two of them, so the two Georgia Tech graduates get together. Or you have seven roommates. I think it's more you're going to buy a house <laughs> and you're going to have seven roommates and make it work because the house is big enough. And then you rent. You say, you but that's a good business? plan. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a company here in Atlanta, the Pad Split Company. That's, that's kind oh. of their... Pad strategy yeah, and uh, it works it does work and neighbors don't like those pad split homes. well yeah <laughs> nobody likes their neighbor for anything that's true anything but, sometimes um, <laughs> like I'm, i was thinking about an example when i was uh 20 i moved to atlanta in 1994 and i made a whopping forty-five thousand dollars a year it was amazing i don't know what i was going to do with all that money forty-five thousand dollars a year that was a lot of money, right? That's no, not a lot of money. <laughs> but anyways, I bought, I bought a $90,000 house, and I thought it was amazing. I bought a $90,000 house, and honestly, I thought, well, how am I going to afford this? And so I did. I fixed it up, and honestly, that's part of the way I started in the real estate business. But that same house now, so this was 1994. I paid $94,000 for it. Can you, can you guess how yeah, much that house is worth now? All depends on location, but yeah, it's Chambly, not $90,000 anymore. Chambly, you know, good location, yeah. south of... South of uh, Dunwoody, north of Brookhaven, that whole area. Yeah, it's just like north of Atlanta. So that house but. is now, fit, we looked it up, or I looked it up earlier, it was $550,000. So my $90,000 house is, is now worth $550,000 yeah. 30 years later. That's hard to do if you, yeah. Okay, so, so that house increased in value. Uh, what's the multiple on that? That's uh, I don't know, five times, okay. four or five times. Yeah, so in other words, I would have five, to- Five, six times. So in theory, if, if you're matching salaries, I would have to make $275,000 as a 25-year-old to now buy that house on my own. So that Georgia Tech graduate who's making $80,000, $90,000 a year now- Even that's not going to get one, yeah. Cannot afford my house that I bought. So what they, all they can really afford then is, you know, you've got a small apartment, but they're not making anything that's affordable. And all the new development stuff, if you just drive around, especially here in the South, the new development is, is mostly higher end and nicer, and pricing is not, uh, not in the affordable realm. So there really hasn't been any new affordable housing, so that kind of constraints the supply. So 20-year-olds will be renting for- Well, and then, you, and then you've got insurance and taxes driving- yep rates up and general costs. So it really just puts a lot of upward pressure in 2024. So we see our outlook is, is saying we're going to see higher rental rates in 2024, but we're also going to see higher turnover as people are trying to find uh, a good value or, or an alternative to spending everything uh, on housing right now. So uh, it's going to be an interesting year on, on that front when we look at what our projections are, but there's definitely some challenges uh, in the space uh, on the housing side of you know, how's this going to work? How, how are people going to find a place that's quality? Uh, well, it's going to change. It's, it's not going to be the same housing market that you and I had when we were mm. um, just graduating. And you're going to have to be much older and more mature in your career before you can actually afford a house. So, you know, yeah. you're going to be buying a house at a later point in life. People with kids are going to be living in apartments 
which is a different environment that people, people grow up in. And I, I would say the, um, you know, the, back to the location, 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 young families are not going to be able to afford houses in these well-established neighborhoods. They're going to be for yeah. older people in the 30s and 40s who are a little bit more established in their career. And so all, um, it's going to really change what housing looks like over the next 20 years. Yeah. I don't, well, think there's, I don't think it's going to change either. I mean, I don't... I yeah, don't. I don't see pricing... Affordability is not going... Is not getting get better yeah, in, well, in the near term. One of our... At least that's what we're seeing in the markets that we operate in and, and we're at. We don't really see affordability going uh, in the best direction for the consumer. On the... You know, it's different if you look at what's best for uh, a customer or a resident and what's best for the investment thesis. But really... For us, the, the best long-term option is having an opportunity to provide stable housing with a consistent cost outlook uh, and a consistent quality. The better that we can do that, our investment returns over the long-term are better, and it's better for, in our eyes, for the community where you have stability and long-term known costs. So, well, the Gainesville City government or some government official came up to you one day and said, thank you, we've been waiting for you to buy this place forever because... Oh, that's when we buy deals that are turnaround. <laughs> Those are the, the abandoned buildings where people are like, yes, someone's here to spend some money. Thank you but, for, thank you for yeah. being here. Yes. So let, let's go in a little talk about uh, just deal volume uh, and where things are at. You know, we've... The apartment market... Yeah, we're going to put a graph up for this one. Right? Yeah, the, the apartment market overall in the past couple of years kind of exploded and transaction volume. So there was a ton of volume in the 2021 timeframe. Uh, we look back over the past like three, four years, average per quarter volume, we're around the 3 billion mark. This is kind of throughout the country and, and uh, the last two years just exploded. And, and now 2023, we're seeing 60, 70, 80% declines uh, in transaction volume on kind of what things had been historically. So multifamilies really had some spikes up and down where other asset classes, because we're also working in office stuff. We're, we're trying to buy as much vacant office as we can right now. So that transaction volume is also down. So is an industrial transaction yeah, volume. It's it, all it, down, but those aren't down yeah. anywhere near as much as the multifamily is. We like predictability. I mean, when we're buying, we like to be able to predict an outcome. And so yeah. we cannot predict an outcome right now in multifamily. However, if we look at other asset classes like retail, even office, surprisingly, you could predict an outcome, and industrial right now is a little bit different, but for the, for the most part, you know, I do a lot of retail real estate. The retail real estate volume has not changed significantly or had the big, had the big ups and downs like multifamily, which is good for us because it's a little bit more predictable and understandable when we're trying to predict outcomes and exits. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely been a little flatter on the curve of, of what's kind of you know, what's happened. They're all still down, but the multifamily down is kind of concerning because then, then it's like, is there this big pent-up demand that's going to explode in 2024 of, hey, no one's really bought a lot of deals in the past couple months, and now they're going to dive back into it. There's the hints of rates yeah. going down, and is that going to mean now it's going to go gangbusters on transaction volume again? So. Well, so I had a lunch with a, a banker today, and um he, his, his crystal ball says that, you know, well, rates are already frozen. The Fed isn't doing anything right now. But he, 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 his crystal ball is saying maybe they'll do three quarter point reductions next year. So maybe a quarter point Q1, quarter point Q2. Yeah. So maybe we'll have a little bit of movement next year, which means it should actually free up a little bit more of the, or the deal volume should yeah. increase. Yeah, you know, down 60 70%. 
2023, 2024, we expect that to, yeah. even with, you know, in my, in my view, if you have stable interest rates, you just know, hey, there's not a rate increase or not a rate decrease. And you know what the outlook is for a couple months, like let's say like 10 to 12 yeah. months, not just one month, but you've got a little bit of a, a vision that says, hey, things are going to be stable. It's a lot easier to get deals uh, done in that environment. So even with a, a future outlook now of, it doesn't seem like there's going to be huge increases like rapidly happening. So there's a little more stability that should see some deal flow pick up. We're starting to see a good number of deals because of that. Let's, if we talk about leasing, even on that front, uh, this past month, we've seen our leasing volume was pretty steady in the third quarter and second quarter. And December is typically a slower time frame for us. But now we've seen, we've seen office demand, flex demand, uh, going not gangbusters, but there's, it's definitely picked up in the past three weeks uh, yeah. of saying there's a stronger outlook of people wanting to sign seven, 10 year leases right now. Well, forget that too. I'm going to put on my manager hat right now too and say this whole work from home thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of reached its end. Yeah. I mean, there was a report today that I think that was today or yesterday where Boeing said they're done with their hybrid work. They're all going back, but they're, yeah, I mean, yeah. bigger companies are are bringing more back. I mean, even for us, I mean, when, when someone's working at home, they're disconnected from everything during the day and their work experience and other people's work experience with them is very different. And so the only way to have a consistent work experience is if that person's in the office talking to people. And it's much different than walking down the hallway, having a five-minute conversation with somebody and getting something done rather than trying to find the person. Are they home? Are they out doing something with their kids? And, you know, are they going to answer my little chat message? And, you know, it's, it's a lot higher... I, I don't know, it's, I want to say higher maintenance, but that might, might not be the right word, but it's a lot harder to engage an employee who is not 50 feet away from you. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, it's, and I think that's, we're, we're seeing office demand. We are, we're signing leases in that front, so we're, we like that segment. Uh, but the past couple of weeks, we've seen, we've seen a pickup in demand. We expect that to continue into 2024. And, and the reason I say we expect it to continue is a lot of the times when, you, when you're making a decision that's a seven or a 10 year decision, you're typically not making that lightly. And the spaces that we're leasing, it's not that we have, you know, one person now showed up. It's like, there's a couple people at a time looking at each space. So there's a good start of volume there. And, and we see that continuing for at least in the near term here, uh, knowing what things look like. So that wraps up our December update. We have a, a fairly positive outlook Going into 2024, we've seen good demand on the leasing side. We're seeing an uptick in, kind of in deal volume. We're seeing that across everything from retail, from industrial to office. We think multifamily, even though the deal volume was down significantly from 2023, if it pops back up in 2024, we're still kind of on the sidelines and waiting to see if there's some better cash flow yield that can be realized from those deals, trading at too low of cap rate still for us right now. But we're excited for what 2024 holds. Hopefully this was helpful and we can get back to it now. Get back Thanks. to work. Thanks. For more tips on operating and investing in real estate, please check us out at greenleafmanagement.com or find us on YouTube and Spotify.